0: BABY <laughs> Here we go, everybody It is a Football Monday edition of Jamal About Sports Coming to you on November 30th, 2020 As always, I'm your host, Jamal Hayden Thanks for tuning in Kicking off the show A little reeling in the years by Steely Dan uh, Figured it was apropos Nice little jaunty, upbeat tune to start the show Because we are in a good mood Because as you probably have heard by now The Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia era Is no more in Detroit Hallelujah Um, I've said before That this I said just last week On Wednesday's uh, Pre-Thanksgiving show That it had been somewhat liberating This year Not really caring about the results Almost in a weird way Wanting the Lions to lose uh, And lose badly So that this uh, Horrendous combination Of Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia uh, Would put Sheila Ford Hamp the newest uh, owner of the Lions, although obviously she's Martha uh, Firestone Ford's daughter um, and has been around the team forever. She's not a young woman. She's 68. She's not old, but she's not young. Um, But would put her in a position where she had to do something. And she said when she took over the team that, in fact, you know, she hates losing. Fans deserve better. Um... That uh, you know, these guys basically were on notice. Uh, she expected to see dramatic improvement, and um, if anything, this team has regressed and regressed and regressed. I mean, certainly regressed since Jim Cal- uh since since Jim Caldwell was the coach, right? And we talked about it last week. I'm not going to do revisionist history and try to pretend like he was the greatest thing since sliced bread, but it's laughable that Bob Quinn fired him, and one of the reasons he said that he fired him was that, you know, yeah, sure, we won three out of the four years he was here, but we didn't beat the good teams, and, you know, we we expect to compete for championships, and then his hand-picked guy, Matt Patricia, shows up, goes 6-10, 3-12-1, and now 4-7, and but the losses, other than a close loss to the Bears, they should have never been close. I don't know if anybody watched that Debacle last night And watch Mitch Trubisky And I've said this a million times I mean the guy's not any good Except against the Lions 4-0 against Matt Patricia by the way Um That was a close loss I don't know that you want to get credit for a close loss In a game in which you led I think 21-3 at one point Um and let Mitch Trubisky You know go to work on you late in the game Um You know, blown out by the Colts, blown out by the Vikings, blown out by the Saints, blown out by Texans, blown out by Carolina. I mean, non-competitive. And look, we know all the reasons why. I mean, and this is why Bob Quinn had to go. And as much as I dislike Matt Patricia as a coach, and again, his public persona, I don't know him personally. um, But, you know, you've heard the horrendous stories that have come out uh, even before this year about how you know, he browbeat players in public, tried to embarrass Darius Slay um, by posting a picture of him that he had taken with Odell Beckham after a joint practice and in front of the whole team said, stop blanking this guy's blank. You know, I mean, really, Matt Patricia? I mean, that's 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 a leader of men? I mean, are you kidding? What are, What is this, 1965? I mean, are, are, are you joking me? Right, so as as bad as Matt Patricia was. And look, again, and I'm not see, here here's the thing. I'm consistent, right. I didn't like Matt Patricia when I when he was you know hogging uh, camera time on the sidelines with the Patriots with his very carefully crafted and constructed persona, by the way. the hat on backwards, the pencil behind the ear, the unkempt, unruly beard. Right? That's all... That's not by accident. Okay? That's all a very carefully constructed persona that he's putting out there in the world. And that's all well and good when you can ride Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's coattails and be nothing more than a glorified linebacker's coach. Which, by the way, that's all he was with the Patriots. Anybody thinks that Bill Belichick didn't really run that defense and think Matt Patricia... Why do you think they didn't even call him defensive coordinator? He's the, 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 the de facto defensive coordinator. Coattail rider. So as much as I dislike him and am thrilled to see him gone and never have to see his face ever again on my television when I'm watching a Detroit Lions game, Bob Quinn was the bigger problem because he's the one that bought the groceries, as Bill Parcells famously said. He's the one that made all the horrendous draft picks, of which I chronicled on last week's show, so I will not put you through it again. But by the way, reason number 1,085, how idiotic it is to draft tight ends in the top 10. Did you guys catch Robert Tunyon last night for the Packers with his seventh touchdown catch of the year on a 50-yard bomb from Aaron Rodgers? Undrafted free agent, Same Robert Tunyon, by the way, who was on the Lions practice squad a couple of years back. His numbers are essentially the same as TJ Hawkinson's this year. More touchdowns, fewer catches, but also didn't get into the starting lineup probably until like week three or week four. But roughly the same amount of yards, probably 10 or so fewer catches and two more touchdowns. Undrafted free agent, folks. Lions draft tight ends in the top 10 twice in five years. So Bob Quinn was the real main culprit here and so thankfully thankfully Sheila Ford Hamp realized that he as much as Patricia if not more so is part of the problem so they're both out and I mean and, and any 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 anything to the contrary would have been insane. I mean they are a hundred percent a package deal. so they're gone Daryl Bevel's interim interim head coach that's that's inconsequential. He's just there to be a placeholder for the last five games. Um. So, no, nothing to see there. Uh, even if by some miracle the lines were to go four and one, and you know finish the season eight and eight, I mean he's 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 not going to be the next head coach, folks. I w- it will be interesting to see, however, with Patricia now gone, and you know, look, so many form, so many like seven former players. Of his and other former Lions who never played for him but played for Caldwell, all came out, you know, on Twitter, which you know is, uh, uh, like it or not, is the preferred medium today, to to basically joyfully react to Patricia and Bob Quinn's firings. A. Sean Robinson, Darius Slay, Quandre Diggs, Stephen Tulloch, who never played for Patricia. James Ahedbo never played for Patricia. Um Travis Fulham, who I talked about last week, who's now playing well for the Eagles, who the Lions had no use for. Um so, I mean, look, there always are going to be players that don't like the head coach and and front and and management. That that's always gonna happen. But you you rarely see guys so so publicly Joyfully react to somebody getting fired. Um, so it'll be interesting to see now with the toxic Patricia gone, if that frees some of these guys up. I mean, look, maybe some of these guys Quinn brought in are, are better than what they've shown, and 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 guys can't couldn't perform. I mean, there, there were some quotes from guys saying that you know it, it, it's impossible to play free when when you're just worried about getting chewed out and embarrassed by your coach. Um, you know, and again, see, see this is the antithesis of good coaching. So Matt Patricia came in here convinced, right? I'd love to know what convinced him since he never spent any time around the team. But he came in here convinced, and maybe Bob Quinn is the one who told him this, which if that's also the case, and Bob Quinn is dumber than I, even dumber than I thought. But Matt Patricia came in convinced under full pre- the false pretense that the Lions were a soft team with a bad culture, right? That that needed him to come in and blow it up and whip everybody into shape. Well, that's just factually incorrect, right? And we talked about it. Look, in 2014, the Lions should have won a playoff game, okay? 15 was a disaster the first half of the season. We talked about the Green Bay game on Thursday night. 16, they made the playoffs. Yes, they got bounced in the first round at Seattle. With Stafford playing with a bad finger and his receivers dropping passes right and left to start the game. Including Eric E-drop. And again, going on the road and losing to Seattle in the playoffs, not exactly like that's the first time that ever happened. So, this idea that this team needed to be blown up and start from scratch is ridiculous. So the, 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 the very definition of bad coaching is somebody who is intractable and insists on doing things one way, right? And listen, I get it. I understand guys have a system. They have their precious systems. and No, 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 no. Good coaching is adjusting on the fly, adjusting to your situation, adjusting to the roster you have, not the roster you want to have, learning to deal with the personalities that you have, not brooming guys who are good players because you don't get along with them personally. That's idiotic. And by the way, the Patriots don't do that. That's the irony in all of this. I talked about last week some of the schematic things and the inability of the lines to coach guys up or at least enhance and figure out one or two things that certain players do well. And put them in a position to shine. Not only do the Lions not do that, which the Patriots do, the Patriots have abided all kinds of bad personalities. You can go all the way back to Corey Dillon. And Randy Moss. And Garrett Blount. All kinds of miscreants came through that organization. But they could play. So Belichick figured out a way to make it work. You see? And by the way, Darius Slay, not a miscreant. Quandre Diggs, not a miscreant. These guys are not, they're good guys. They're just their personalities are a little different. And not to Matt Patricia's liking. Because Darius Slay is a big social media guy. You know what? Listen, I don't love it that these players are all on social media now, voicing their opinions every two seconds. I hate the, the whole Jersey Exchange thing at the end of the game. To me, it's a bad look. But you know, I'm 51 years old. And again, if the guy's doing it is a guy who can play, you let it go. It's like Jimmy Johnson said. I, I coach everybody the same, except for the good players or whatever it was. The old, the old joke. I saw him give a speech where you know he talked about how he he cut a, a a backup outside linebacker because he felt he dozed off in a meeting, and had that been Troy Aikman, he would have gently you know shaken Troy Aikman and said, Hey, hey, Troy, uh, uh, c- y- can you wake up, please? You know. I mean, Parcells did the same thing. I mean, that's what good coaches do. The guys can play. They get away with a little bit more. But in in this case, not like Darius Lee was even breaking rules or anything like that, Matt Patricia just didn't like the fact that he was active on social media and is a different kind of cat. Neil is a great guy, did a lot of positive things in in the Detroit community from a charity perspective, and is a hell of a player. And so you live with it. You get over it. You be the adult in the room. You don't act like a baby and run the guy out of town. Or if you're going to do that, then the guy you the guys you replace him with better be good. In the Lions' case, they replaced him with Desmond Trufant, who's either been injured or has played terribly, or a rookie in Jeff Okuda. Who look, I'm not giving up on the kid, but he's predictably struggled mightily as a cornerback as a rookie cornerback in the NFL. Look. Almost all these guys go through it. I remember watching Darrell Rivas. I live in New York. I remember watching Darrell Rivas go through it his rookie year. Struggled big time. Darius Slay struggled big time his rookie year. It happens. It's a lot different in the NFL level. So it'll be interesting to see now if guys are play a little bit more freely and it's like sort of, you know, ding-dong, the witch is dead syndrome. Where guys, you know, just say screw it and go out there and play, you know, fast and loose, and ha- don't have to worry about Patricia. I suspect the talent level is 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 bad. I mean, you know, I watched that game Thursday. I mean, you watched Jelani Tavai. He's play plays patty cake. I mean, the Lions use him as a pass rusher. He's just sitting there playing patty cake with the offensive tackle. I mean, the guy does absolutely nothing. And look, I don't want to kill the guy. I mean, it's not his fault he got overdrafted by 3 rounds, but I mean, it's just uh, you know, he's he's a glaring example of how bad Bob Quinn's drafts have been. So now the real question is who do the lines get to come in and 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 hopefully you know, after 50 years, turn this thing around, you know, with some long term sustained success. Again, Martin Mayhew's tenure, by the way, looking better and better and better. And I would argue that circumstances played. Look, he was. I I remember, I'm not going to be a hypocrite or a phony. I remember doing a show five years ago where I killed him about his drafts. And mostly it was second round picks, the Titus Youngs. The Shores although LaShores was a good pick, the guy blew out his Achilles in second practice and never could get it back. But the job at best trade up was a bad it was a bad pick, and Titus Young was a terrible second round pick, and there are a couple others in there as well, and the Morris Spives and I mean they, Louis Delmas. I mean there there were some bad second round picks, but he hit on his he hit on the first picks, and you could say, oh well, they were top five picks. Doesn't matter. Plenty of top five picks in the NFL haven't worked out. Uh, See <clears throat> Trubisky, comma Mitchell. He hit on Sue. He hit on Stafford. Fairley was a good pick. Plus, Major was good middle and late rounds. Guys like Willie Young. Good with undrafted free agents. Leadrian Waddle, Joseph Fourier. Aaron Berry. And was great in the free agent and trade markets. Steven Tullet, Kyle Vandenbosch, Nate Burleson, Golden Tate, Glover Quinn, Justin Durant, Eric Wright, uh, Chris Houston, Rob Sims. These guys were all good players that contributed to a playoff team. Or playoff teams, plural. And the circumstance was, there was no rookie salary cap when Mayhew... Was there? So Calvin Johnson was not Mayhew. That was Millen. Millen one of Millen's few good picks. But then you had Calvin Johnson, second pick in the draft. Stafford, first pick in the draft. Sue, second pick or third pick in the draft. Three guys that you're gonna have who had to give massive contracts to. It's hard to manage the salary cap that way. And by the way, he wasn't even in charge of the salary cap. That was Tom Luwand, who had his own issues. So. His tenure is looking better and better by the day (laughs) And I'm just saying He's there out in uh, San Francisco With John Lynch And Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator for the Niners Is, you know, thought to be high on people's lists Now The other assistant to Lynch Uh Forget his first name. Maybe it's Adam Peters, I guess, would probably be a more likely candidate to come as sort of a package deal. And listen, I understand. And I understand Lions fans hate the idea. uh, And it seems like, you know, it's going back to square one. Um, and, 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 And again, to be fair, Mayhew's tenure looks much better by comparison to Bob Quinn's, which is really not saying much. But I mean, I just gave you like ten solid free agent moves he made. Give me, give me three Bob Quinn has made. I mean, and again, we shouldn't be using Bob Quinn because the bar—that's a very low bar—because he stunk, stunk, terrible, awful. My guy, Kevin Colbert, Steelers, been there twenty years. They've had one losing season, one one non-winning season. I don't think they've had a losing. They went eight and eight right last year with Devlin Hodges. Now, why would he want to leave Pittsburgh? It's a good question. He's from Pittsburgh. He did work for the Lions for nine years before he got the Pittsburgh job. Um, why in the world would he want to leave the most stable organization in, in maybe all the pro sports to come to this shit show? <laughs> That's a good question. It's a fair question. Um, but maybe, maybe he's the type of gentleman that likes a challenge. Maybe he... Forged some very strong bonds the nine years he was with the Lions. Um, Maybe he really likes the Ford family. He could also hate the Ford family, for all I know. I don't know. Um, uh, You know, I don't know. I, I have no idea. But you try. You make the call. Let him tell you no. I mean, you offer him the moon and the stars and everything else in between... I'm not even joking when I say you give him a percentage of Ford Motor Company or you make him the highest paid executive in the history of the NFL. Whatever it takes. If money, you know, if money is his thing, I mean, you know, maybe it's not. Maybe he's perfectly happy in Pittsburgh and that would make total sense, but you at least make the call and you tell him you have carte blanche to do whatever you want. We will stay out of your way. We will pay you A king's ransom. You pick your GM. You know, because you make him head of football operations, right? He runs the whole show. Pick your GM, your scouts, all your staff, every coach, whomever. You want to keep people, you keep them. You want to get rid of people, you get rid of people. Whatever you want to do. And you say, and imagine being the guy. It's like when Theo Epstein... You know went from the Red Sox to the Cubs Right Theo Epstein was a legend He got the Red Sox You know their first World Series in a million years Then he went and did the same thing for the Cubs Now The Steelers had long had a tradition Obviously They already had four Super Bowls before Colbert got there But nevertheless You know you had That's quite a legacy to be able to say Hey look I ran the Steelers for twenty years. We never had a losing year, and then I was the guy that turned the lines around, and got them, got them to a Super Bowl. I mean, that's he's probably a Hall of Fame guy now in the executive wing with the two Super Bowls that the Steelers have gotten since he's been there. But you win one with the Lions. I mean, that's that's automatic. So you know, maybe he's a legacy guy. I don't know. I have no idea. But again, you try. You make the call. So that's call number one. The one thing I'm not doing is listening to Ernie or- <laughs> er- Ernie Acorsi. You know, nice man, had some success as an executive in the league with both the Colts and the Giants. Uh, he's the one who brought us Bob Quinn. Uh, no, thank you. Ernie, your services are not needed here. Thank you very much. Or, nor anybody from the NFL, for that matter. Sheila Fordham, you want my advice? Go to the Ravens. Go to the Steelers. Maybe it's not Kevin Colbert, but maybe Kevin Colbert's right. Maybe Kevin Colbert will just do you a solid and say, hey, you know what? I'm flattered. I'm not your guy, but you know who is my guy? Is your guy? My right-hand person. My right-hand man. That's your guy. Go to the Ravens, team that drafts great every year. Go to the Seahawks. Good drafts every year. Go to the Vikings. Chris Spielman's brother, Rick Spielman's the GM. That team drafts well every year. As far as coaches go, look, you know, you're going to get the, all the usual suspects. Robert Sala... Just mentioned him from San Fran D Coordinator. He's done a phenomenal job by the way. They've had a million injuries. The team still competitive. They had a big win yesterday over the Rams in LA. Shut that that really good offense down. Um, X line Kerry Hyder is playing great for them. They lost to Forrest Buckner in the offseason. They lost Bosa to an injury. Um, they lost, I think, Fred Warner Their stud linebacker I mean, They've had a million injuries on defense Richard Sherman was hurt for a while He was back yesterday, had an interception But you yeah, haven't heard them complain once Team goes out and plays hard every week That's a deep and talented roster And it's extremely well coached Particularly on defense So I wouldn't hate him Wouldn't hate him at all Especially if he brings somebody in Who's got Mike, uh, Kyle Shanahan type Offensive uh, concepts wouldn't hate it at all. Eric Bieniemy, offense coordinator for the Chiefs. I want to like the idea. Uh, beware coordinators on teams with star quarterbacks. Joe Philbin, anybody? Does that name come to mind? Ben McAdoo, does that name come to mind? I mean, all, all these guys, you know, Mike McCarthy, I mean, these guys look real... So even Mike Holmgren, guys look real smart when you got Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers bailing you out. Look like real geniuses when you got those guys playing for you. Now, I'm not saying Eric Bannon not a great coach. I'm not saying he doesn't have... doesn't deserve some credit for Pat Mahomes, but Pat Mahomes is a generational talent, okay? Not to take anything away from Eric Bannon. I mean, again, I would lo- I hope he is... I hope he gets a job... Because he certainly deserves it based on track record. So I hope he gets a job and I hope he's good at it. But I just, I get a little nervous with these coordinators that become the flavor of the month when they're on a team with studs, particularly at the quarterback position. Although we have a pretty good one here in Detroit. So wouldn't hate it. I just, I'm a little, you know, look, listen, I'm a Lions fan. I'm conditioned to always wait for the other shoe to drop or look for the negative that that to me would be the one thing that I would con- be a little concerned with, and it's not fair to say Eric Bieniemy is Joe Philbin or Ben McAdoo, but I'm just saying there have been examples, and those are just two that come to mind, of coordinators, or quarterbacks coaches, quarterback coaches or whatever, with you know, star players that had no business being head coaches, but so Sala Bieniemy. You know, you go to the college ranks. I mean, the the lazy name is Jim Harbaugh because he played at Michigan and he coaches at Michigan. I mean, his last couple of years at Michigan have been horrendous. Now, he does have a very successful NFL track record, but I, I think that ship has sailed. I mean, look, they were in the Super Bowl. That was 2012 season. I mean, it's eight years ago already when he brought San Fran to the Super Bowl. Not exactly recent. A lot has changed in the game in eight years in the NFL. Uh, So I I wouldn't consider him at all. Uh, Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma. Certainly his name will get mentioned. Matt Campbell from Iowa State. Sort of maybe the next Matt Rule. Certainly somebody that that will be considered. Um, You know, look. Again, the owner said this is going to be an extensive and exhaustive search. Um, they'll consider all options. I mean, that's the way it needs to be. I mean, because honestly, let let's be honest, the last time they did a coaching search, there was no search. Quinn wanted Patricia, that was it. I mean, he, he interviewed Pat Shermer for crying out loud. I mean, please. They, 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 you know, Steve Wilkes. I mean there, there, there was no real competition. Patricia was his guy the whole time. So it'll be very interesting. So at least now I don't have to watch Patricia anymore. I don't have to read any of his inane quotes anymore. It'll be interesting to see if the Lions' players play better with him gone. But um, it's kind of a no lose situation because, as a fan, because you know the best thing is for them to have a high draft pick. And the one game I do would like I would like to see them win is the day after Christmas. They play Tampa Bay. It's going to be a nationally televised game. If that game somehow would knock Tom Brady and Tampa Bay out of the playoffs, that, that would make me happy. But other than that, they can go ahead and lose out as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and, get, and get a top 10 draft pick with hopefully a GM that doesn't draft a tight end. <laughs> maybe a pass rusher. Maybe a general manager that believes pass rush actually matters in today's NFL. It's just nobody could play defense really anyway. And the only, the only thing really now is turnovers. And the best way to get turnovers is with a pass rush. Bob Quinn couldn't figure that out, though. So. Then the other question becomes, do you build around Stafford still, or do you blow the whole thing up? Now, I think that's an idiotic. I think the latter is idiotic. I mean, what what this idea that because Bob Quinn came in To a situation The most enviable of all positions As a general manager in any sport He took over a team That was okay Not great, but not terrible A 9-7, 10-6, 8-8-ish type team With a franchise caliber quarterback Yes, he's not Mahomes Yes, he's not Aaron Rodgers I get that But Stafford's plenty good to win with Right Right and, and if you uh, build around him, I mean, look, I say this all the time. The NFL, sorry, I thought there was some issue here with my uh, recording device, but it appears that it is uh, okay, so I got distracted. Look, Stafford's going to be 33 next year, that, that's not old by quarterback standards especially today. I mean, you know, Brady, Rodgers, both the Manning brothers, Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan. I mean, it, it, you know, and Stafford by the way is probably in the best shape of his career. I mean, guy, guy you look at his you look at the, the chubby, baby fat that he had his first couple years in the league and you look at him now where he's like shred, he's like cut. There's no comparison. So, you know, You sign Galladay to an extension. You have Swift, who looks like he could be a player. Hawkinson, although he shouldn't have ever been drafted where he was drafted, at least he doesn't suck. Left side of the offensive line is pretty good, including the center. You know, a receiver here or there, a running back here or there, I mean, the, the, the offense should be plenty good. Spend all your resources on defense. Now that's gonna be a Herculean task because the defense is lousy. The personnel's lousy, and a lot of the guys on this roster are, you know, were there for a Matt Patricia scheme. So it's gonna be lousy. But I, I do not subscribe to this theory that you need to blow this whole thing up and start from scratch. Now, would I think it's idiotic to draft a quarterback and say the second or third round that you could groom or maybe get a guy like a Sam Darnold who desperately needs a change of scenery? And groom him? Under Stafford? Sure. Absolutely. But this idea that we're going to take a quarterback with the fifth pick in the draft and trade Stafford. I mean, first of all, his dead, dead cap money hits like $19 million. So for next year. I, I, I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's necessary. A good, smart GM can turn a team around in one year. Alright, we'll take a short break. We'll be back with the rest of the league right after this. All right, and we are back here on another edition of Jamal About Sports. Monday, football Monday edition. So, as is my want on the Sunday after Thanksgiving, I get to watch other games. So, I typically watch games that either impact the Lions' playoff chances. If they are in a playoff race, obviously, that is not the case this year. Um, But then also from a fantasy perspective. So, I watched pretty much all of the Minnesota-Carolina game. That was a crazy game. Um... Carolina got up, Minnesota came back. Carolina punted to the Vikings, Chad Beebe, Don Beebe's son, Don Beebe, former special teams ace from the Bills, uh, muffed a punt. Uh, Irony of ironies, the reason he was there in the first place, because the guy the week before there was the punt returner muffed a punt, so they made the change, had a horrible muff on on a fair catch, set the Panthers up, which looked like that was going to be the death knell Panthers had a chance to go up 10 and put the game out of reach. They didn't. They settled for a field goal, put them up six. Vikings come down a field, score a touchdown. To who? Chad Beebe, because he's also a slot receiver. <laughs> Can't make this up. So, Vikings then now, after the by the way, the, the Panthers had scored. Same guy, Jeremy Shinn, rookie safety, had scored two touch tu- two, two defensive touchdowns. One on a, a fumble that didn't really look like a fumble. It looked like uh Cook's forward progress was stopped, but they they'd let the play go, ripped the ball out, returned it for a touchdown. Cousins got sacked, fumbled, he picked that up, returned it for a touchdown. Back-to-back possessions. Same guy, two defensive touchdowns. You had that in this game. You had the muff punt, then you had BB catching the the go-ahead touchdown. Then the Panthers drive down the field and set up a 54-yard field goal for Joey Sly, who the week before outside in Carolina made a 56-yarder against the Lions with plenty of room to spare. The guy has a boom for a leg, cannon for a leg, and, of course, missed the field goal, and the Vikings escape with a one-point win. Crazy game. Fun game to watch, though. Uh, The other games I watched yesterday, Tampa Bay, Kansas City. Uh, I mean, Mahomes is just ridiculous. The guy's just ridiculous. I mean, every time you need a big play, he gives you a big play. You need a clutch third down, assault the game away, he does it, like he did yesterday. You know, where he's rolling to his left and has to throw back, you know, to his right, and there's traffic everywhere, and he just threads the needle. I mean, the guy's amazing. The guy really, he's amazing. I mean, those bombs he threw to Tyreek Hill, I mean, those throws are just ridiculous. They're just pinpoint accurate. The guy's an amazing player. And, you know, look, Brady had a couple of, you know, touch he had some touchdowns through for a lot of yards. He also was Way off, all game. But of course, don't tell Tony Romo that. Tony Romo and Jim Nance did that game. It was embarrassing how much Tony Romo was making excuses for Tom Brady. I mean, embarrassing. And by the way, I thought maybe thought maybe just me because I don't like Romo. I know everybody loves Tony Romo. And I don't have anything against Tony Romo, the person. It seems like a perfectly affable fellow. I do not like him as an announcer. I find him annoying. I think he's goofy. He does stream of consciousness stuff. And of course, you know, this idea that he's some sort of Nostradamus and Jim Nance, you know, pumps him up all the time. It's, it's quite annoying to me. This goofy smile. I just, I, I'm not a fan. I just don't like him. So I thought maybe it's just me being my, and my bias against Tony Roman. Then I went on Twitter, tons of people on Twitter saying the same thing, how ridiculous it was. And former players, by the way, about how absurd it was, the excuses he was making for Tom Brady. Like, every incomplete pass was, you know, oh, he still hasn't been here long enough. Oh, the receiver didn't, you know, give him a, a great target. Oh, I mean, it was embarrassing. So Kansas City rolls along a 10-1. And Tampa Bay, who, you know, everybody wants to crown, put them in the Super Bowl. They're 7-5. and five. Now, listen, that offense should be really good. They got a ton of weapons in Godwin, and Mike Evans, and Rojo in the backfield, and obviously Brady, and Gronkowski, and Cameron Brate, the other tight end. And they've got a bunch of playmakers on defense. Devin White, Carlton Davis, uh, Antonio Win- uh, Winfield Jr., um, JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul, still playing lights out. And Dominic and Sue still playing well for them. It's a good, you know... Um, Levante David, the other linebacker I mean, that's, that's a good defense Now look, they got lit up yesterday by Mahomes that's, that's, Mahomes is going to do that I mean, Tyreek Hill will do that to you He will get behind you and make you look silly Still a good defense it's Still a good team Um, And then The other game, well, I watched a bunch of Giants I shouldn't say a bunch I watched the end of giants Cincinnati game it was kind of an ugly game Giants' defense, though, made plays when it had to. Granted, it was a backup quarterback. Um, and then Daniel Jones got hurt, and that certainly uh, limited what the Giants could do offensively. Now, look, Colt McCoy, I think the Giants, it looks like Jones is going to be out. It was definitely out this week. I would say probably be out two weeks. It's a hamstring. Those are tricky. It's his right hamstring. You know, you need your, your right leg, your plant leg, to be able to plant and fire and throw. Plus, he's a mobile quarterback. It's one of the, you know, uh, a key element to his game. You should be able to get by with Colt McCoy for two weeks. He's not great, but he's not terrible. He's serviceable. And with, you know, a full week of practice with the first-team offense, I, I think you'll be okay. And the Giants' defense has gotten, up, has gotten much better. Now, the irony with that game yesterday, is the Giants almost lost that game because of special teams, and of course their coach, Joe Judge, was a special teams coach, right? They gave up a 103-yard kick return for a touchdown early in the game when it was so clear the, the, the Bengals couldn't get a touchdown from their offense if their lives depended on it. They had like 30 yards or something in the first half. I mean, it was a joke. They couldn't do anything. But they gave it the special teams touchdown, and then at the end of the game... When the Giants couldn't get a first down to salt the game away, they punted. Now, look, the Bengals were still going to have to, they were going to get the ball back with under a minute left, no timeouts, rookie quarterback. Now, granted, they only would have needed a field goal to win it, but probably a tall order, but gave up a big punt return to midfield. But then first play, they get a sack from Jabal Sheard. Leonard Williams, former Jet, who's, of course, having a monster year for the Giants. I mean, if you're a Jets fan, I mean, why even bother? I mean, I listen, I feel your pain as a Lions fan, but, I mean, you guys are even worse than we are. You really are. What an embarrassment. Anyway, uh, so the Giants salt that one away. It's not going to be easy this week. I think they're going to play – they play Seattle. Tough game. Although, short week for Seattle. They play tonight. Um – But, uh, you know, Giants, as of now, sit in first place by by virtue of a tiebreaker with the Redskins because they beat them twice. Uh, They got the Redskins at the right time. I watched a bunch of that Redskins game against uh, the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. You know, all those top picks, Sweat and Allen and Payne and obviously uh, Chase Young. I mean, that that, that front four and you still have Kerrigan there and Ioannidis. I mean... That front four for the Redskins is legit They will get after your ass And this Antonio Gibson A rookie running back Didn't play much running back in college at Memphis But you know It's a threat to go To the house every time he touches the ball At a big game Terry McLaurin's a good receiver They need more They need a tight end They need at least one other receiver Probably two And they need a quarterback you know, Alex Smith is a nice Alex Smith is a nice story. Not the answer. Um by the way, I mean <laughs> I can't help myself. So Matt Patricia couldn't beat Mitch Trubisky, who's awful. Lions lost last year to Dwayne Haskins, who Ron Rivera took one look at him and said, No, thank you. No thanks. Pass, please. Um. And uh, and he was right, by the way. So, the Redskins still have some needs, but I mean the Giants are four and seven in first place now. If Philly wins tonight, they'll be four six and one. So they would be in first place, but I mean, look, plenty of games left. Eight and eight's winning that division for sure. Seven and nine could probably do the trick. All right, that's going to do it for tonight's show. As always, thanks for listening. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Until next week, peace out.